Hey, it's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and this is our Journey Through Scripture podcast. Um, I usually don't mention it, but you can also listen to our Sunday sermons um, on our podcast, or you can watch this on YouTube uh, also. And so there's a few ways that you can get some of the things that we are are doing. Um, Hopefully you find this uh, helpful and to kind of keep you connected with a God who loves you. Um, That is vitally important as we navigate a a pretty crazy world right now. Um, So we are going in a chronological look through scripture. We are up to Acts. Um, You can also go through and you can listen to all of them going all the way back to Genesis. Um, We've been doing this for a couple of years now. Um, We're in Acts. We'll be in Acts 6, 7, and 8 today. So if you want to read Acts 6, 7, and 8. Again, this is the time period now that Jesus has has ascended. uh, The Holy Spirit has uh, descended, if you will, and and we've had Pentecost. Um, You have the disciples um, preaching and this, there's a movement that is is beginning very quickly, and so it's it's growing. And remember, they had people that started. They all were were living together. They were supporting each other um, because they had come from all over. Um, they had come to celebrate um, the, one of the festivals, and and now God is moving, and Jerusalem is is changing quickly. Um, and and that brings us to Acts chapter six, because what that's going to do is it's going to, to start, uh, you're, you're going to start seeing some controversy and start seeing some problems and issues. Um, and, and what's going to happen is this is going to lead to the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Remember the Great Commission said, uh, uh, share the uh, good news in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uh, rest ends of the earth. Well, this, is, this process is starting now. Um, so in, in chapter 6 of Acts, you have um, basically you had different types of Jews, and, and you know it's important to know that we we always are going to deal with uh, ethnic differences. We tend to segregate ourselves based on um, certain uh, characteristics, whether it's skin color, where where you grew up, um, right? Like you probably have a connection with your hometown. I grew up in Sterling City. So anything that happens in Sterling City now, I still feel a connection there because I grew up there. Um, Is everyone in Sterling City um, the same ethnic background as me? No, but we there's a connection there on those lines then there's ethnic connections all kinds of things right and and that's just part of what we do as as humans and it can be uh, a problem whenever we elevate that higher than it should be and so the gospel message is cutting across all of those uh, tribal lines that we um, that we create and so what what you see is you had Jews and you had Greek-speaking Jews or the Hellenist, so they are Jewish as well, um, but they are they have a more Greek influence. Um, many had been enslaved by Rome. Remember, you had Jews that had left. Uh, you had the splitting of the kingdom, the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. So you have Jews that are in different parts of the world, um, but but that are that are not from Jerusalem, and and so now you had this large group of Jews from Jerusalem, but then you had the Hellenists, who are the Greek-speaking Jews. And you can tell that there's a little bit of an issue there. 
Um, you see in uh, chapter 6, verse 1, Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. Right? So they saw each other as different, even though, the, though they were both Jewish. One was more Aramaic speaking, one was more uh, Greek speaking. And so, oh, well, clearly we needed to divide ourselves. And, and so they, they uh, felt that the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Um, and so the uh, 12 disciples came together and said, listen, we don't have time for this. We are, we are sharing in the gospel message, right? We are uh, creating this, uh, this new movement has been created by Jesus and we need to tell people about it. But we also need to make sure everyone's taken care of. So they said, choose seven uh, Hellenists and they will be in charge of this. And that said, uh, verse three, therefore seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, and wisdom. There's that wisdom again, how important it is to be wise. And they, they, they're going to oversee these problems. And one of them, it says in verse five, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and then the other six. Um, and so now you have this guy named Stephen, who's the first deacon. He's the first table server. That's literally what deacon means, table servant. Um, and, and so you have these uh, guys that are now making sure everything is being distributed uh, equally. All right, and uh, and then you have Stephen because he is full of the Holy Spirit and he is wise and he is well respected. Um, he is uh, starting to see some confront, uh, confrontation in his synagogue. His synagogue was called the synagogue of the freedmen. So this would have been other Hellenist Hellenist Jews um, didn't like that. Someone who had a good reputation, which meant he probably was serving in that synagogue, right? Now he's serving this new group of people who believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And, and so the Hellenist Jews did not like that. Um, and it said uh, that he would speak. And in verse 10, it says, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. What does that mean? In other words, they, they couldn't argue it. What he was saying made sense. There, there wasn't anything they could factually disagree with. Um, and and I, I think that's very interesting because then what do they do? Do they decide to convert and say, well, you know what? Since we can't find any fault in what you're saying, I guess maybe we should believe. No, they did not. They said they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. Now, he has been speaking words about Jesus, but he would not speak negatively about Moses or God, right? Because they saw that Jesus was just the natural progression of God, the creator, God who called Moses, God who called Abraham, you know, right? So that Jesus was just the normal progression. Um, and so, but they know that it will rile the people up if they can convince them that he is blasphemous against uh, Moses and against God. So what do they do when they can't fight the truth with, uh, with facts, or they can't refute what he's saying? They just start lying about him. Uh, you know, we, we see that in human nature um, uh, as, as well, that whenever you can't uh, argue with the facts of the case, well, just lie about it lie about the 
the person who's uh, delivering the message. Um, We certainly see that today. Um, So they seized him. They brought him to the council. Uh, They set set up false witnesses. Uh, Does any of this sound familiar? Oh, yes, it does. It's false, uh, just like Jesus. This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which M- Moses delivered to us. Right? So, so they're fear-mongering. They're saying he's trying to destroy all of this, which is not at all what was going on. So then Stephen begins to address. And in chapter 7, I encourage you to read. It's a great summary of the Old Testament. He basically sums up all that they believe about Moses, the history that, they, that their people cherish because he's not trying to destroy that that is never what christianity uh was about that's not what jesus was about he was not trying to destroy judaism he was a a continuation of god's work in the world um and so stephen goes into detail um and and talks about the call of abraham he talks about uh the how they Joseph ends up in Egypt. He calls how Moses uh, brought them out of Egypt. Um, Verse 35, it's interesting. He says this, he says, this Moses whom they rejected saying, who made you a ruler and a judge is the one uh, who God sent to be a ruler and deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. So he's kind of showing, listen, the people who were enslaved, they rejected Moses Um, But God used Moses anyway. Then he continues and he talks about how they would uh, reject uh, God, that they would create other idols. Um, Verse 42 said, did you offer me slaughtered animals? He's quoting from Amos um, and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness. O house of Israel, you also took up the the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, uh, uh, Rimphon, images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. So he's reminding them of how they have um, rebelled from God in the past. Um, right? He's he's setting up for the <laughs> what what he's going to to claim uh, soon. But he's at the same time he's reiterating the fact that he believes in the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, just as they do. So their their blasphemy charges are completely false. Um, Then he goes into God's true tabernacle. Um, It talks about um, how uh, the the tabernacle went with the people and then Solomon built a temple, um, but uh, that that God is not limited to the the temple. Um, Verse 49, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. This is in Isaiah um, what house will you build for me, says the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? My hand uh, uh, has my hand not made all things. Right? So again, he is connecting all of this for them. Um, verse 51, he says, you stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Right? So he's just laid out how the people had resisted God in the past. Now he's saying you're doing the same thing. Uh, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They, uh, and they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers. Right. So 
uh, yeah, pretty pretty powerful. He is uh, saying that you have treated Jesus just as your forefathers treated many of the prophets. Um, it says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. <laughs> um, but uh, but he but being full of the Spirit, he responded, and this kind of sealed his faith. Um, he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they freaked out and they took him to stone him. Um, and verse 59, they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, uh, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then they knelt down and cried out uh, with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Um, wow, powerful. Again, he's taking Jesus' example and he is using that as how to be a martyr. Um, very, very powerful. Um, it shows how serious things are getting. Um, and then you have verse eight or chapter eight, and you have a new character that is introduced um, that ends up being the, uh, the predominant character throughout the rest of the New Testament. Um, it says, now Saul was consenting to his death. And then at that time, a great persecution arose against the church um, that was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region, regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And the devout carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Um, so now you start to see a, a transition period. So we've been focused on just Jerusalem and the early church there in Jerusalem that was growing. Um, now you start to have problems. So it starts to be dispersed into Judea and Samaria, which is what God had called them to do anyway. So now they are, are going. Uh, but we do have, of course, uh, Saul, who, who is uh, introduced. And the first thing we know about him is that he was basically taking part uh, of the death of Stephen um, and uh, that he began wreaking havoc on the early church. And as you continue to read, read through chapter 8, we see how the gospel is specifically being spread throughout Judea and Samaria. Um, Christ is being preached in uh, Samaria. Um, so uh, Philip uh, is preaching in the Samaria, um, and you have this kind of interesting uh, connection with a sorcerer there named Simon. Um, many of the people began to uh, believe Philip and uh, give their lives to, to Christ, it says uh, verse 12 of chapter 8. But when they believed Philip as he preached these things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done, right? So he had been kind of a con game and a, was being a sorcerer and had uh, had all of this prestige. Well, now he's he actually has seen what real power looks like. And he's intrigued by this. Um, and he, he says that he believes, but he's still believing in a... Uh, he has a misunderstanding. Um, and so uh, he, he continues and he sees uh, uh, Peter um, and John laying hands on people and the power of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 18, he says, when Simon saw that the through the laying on the hands 
apostles' hands of the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And so, so he is seeing this as, uh, as, as a religious thing, as a religion, not as a relationship with God. He's not understanding the power that, it, that this really is. Uh, he thinks that you can manipulate that power, and he wants to be able to do that, and he's willing to pay for it. Right? And so Peter says to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither uh, uh, you have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of your wickedness and pray God is perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven. Um, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. And Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me that so that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. So Simon has a heart that is willing to adjust, and but, but you can see his learning curve. Um, but uh, he is symbolic um, of, of Samaria, and, and now they are beginning to, uh, to believe. So the, the gospel message is proceeding. And then you have this uh, wonderful interaction between Philip and the Ethiopian uh, eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch uh, was under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians. Uh, Candace is probably not the name. That is the title, kind of like Pharaoh o over Egypt. This is the Candace, the queen over Ethiopia. Um, but he is high up. Um, he is clearly traveling. Um, so he's a long way, but he's reading from the prophet Isaiah, from Isaiah chapter 53. Um, you you kind of have this cool stuff that, uh, that we, we don't know exactly how, this, if, how much miraculous things were going on. Um, <laughs> says that Philip ran and caught him. Um, that's kind of interesting. How fast was Philip? Uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but clearly God was putting them together. Um, and so Philip begins to, to teach and the, uh, Ethiopian eunuch says, see here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And so he was baptized and then, uh, Philip was taken away before him. Now, what's interesting about this is eunuchs, um, were, were not allowed to be part uh, of the Jewish people. Um, they were separate. Now, usually they were eunuchs because they were, you know, worshiping other gods. There are different things in that, but there, there was a separation that you saw there. It is interesting that it is clear that this message, the, the message of, of the gospel, um, is crossing all lines, ethnic lines, um, the, the lines of people who had not been uh, allowed to come into the temple before this message is for them, um, right? So you're seeing how this message is spreading uh, across geographical lines, ethnic lines, um, just uh, you know, kind of you know, human lines that have been made to keep people out of the temple. Uh, the gospel message is for everyone and for anyone who truly believes in him, who gives their heart to Christ and believes that Jesus is God and that he died and rose again now are filled with the Holy Spirit and can be part of God's kingdom. All right, we're going to stop there. Um, we'll uh, pick up on chapter 9 through 12. So let's go chapters 9 through 12 on Thursday. All right, we will see you then.